Hi, everyone. Tim Roy back at Warriors.com as we continue to mock the 2013 NBA draft. Let's run down our selections to the moment, starting right at the top of the Cavaliers. Cleveland going for Nolens Noel of Kentucky. And then the Orlando Magic with the number two pick take Ben McLemore of Kansas. With the third selection, the Washington Wizards took Otto Porter of Georgetown. The Charlotte Bobcats took Anthony Bennett of UNLV with the fourth overall pick. And the Phoenix Suns took Victor Oladipo of Indiana at number five. With the sixth pick, the New Orleans Pelicans took Alex Len of Maryland. Sacramento chose seventh and took Trey Burke of Michigan. Detroit, with the number eight pick, took C.J. McCollum of Lehigh. The ninth pick for Minnesota went to Contavious Caldwell-Pope of Georgia. Picking 10, Portland took Cody Zeller of Indiana with the 11th selection. Philadelphia took Shabazz Muhammad of UCLA. And with the 12th pick, Stephen Adams of Pitt to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Joining us now with the number 13 selection, the Dallas Mavericks are on the clock. And who better to tell us about the Mavs than the longtime voice of the Mavericks, Chuck Cooperstein. Chuck, 500 season last year for the Mavs. They're not used to that kind of season. They're used to going deep into the playoffs. What is the strategy, you think, in the offseason for Mark Cuban and company? Well, the Mavericks have made it pretty evident that they feel that they need to have what they would term a big fish. Uh, and the biggest fish in the pond right now are Chris Paul and Dwight Howard. Uh, given what has occurred here in the last day with with Doc Rivers uh, agreeing to go to uh, to the Clippers and, uh, and the Clippers and Celtics working out that trade, I think that satisfies Chris Paul to the point where he's probably off the table for the Mavericks. The Mavericks probably won't even waste their time with an interview, although I do think ultimately he was their top priority, even more so than Dwight. Uh, I think they're, they're going to uh, be one of those that does get an audience with Dwight when the free agency begins on July 1st. Uh, they, can, they can get him uh, without a sign-and-trade. They have room for that. Uh, but uh, I still think that uh, now that uh, this deal has gone down with the Clippers, I think that uh, Chris Paul is going to be uh, a pretty persuasive recruiter to try to get Dwight to just go across the hall and uh, do a, you know, that sign-and-trade that's been long talked about uh, with uh, Dwight going to the Clippers and Blake Griffin and Eric Bledsoe going to the Lakers. And then where does that leave the Mavericks? Well, that leave the Mavericks with a plan that they, they probably uh, have not really thought all that long and hard about. But uh, clearly, you need a point guard, you need a center, uh, and really more of a defensive-oriented center than uh, than an offensive-oriented center. I mean, it's nice that the guy can score, but uh, not the end of the world. But basically, they're looking for the guy that they had a few years ago and decided to let go in Tyson Chandler because of the changes in the CBA. So... Uh, you know that's pretty much where they are, and just given where your your draft has headed, uh, I, I think that um, I, I know they're high on Michael Carter Williams uh, of Syracuse, maybe more so than I am, just because of his inconsistency and his inability to shoot. Uh, and also, I have uh, great reservations about Syracuse guards uh, making the transition from college ball to the NBA. And when when you look at the history of Syracuse guards under Jim Beheim and and really how poorly they've done. Uh, it, it really should uh, throw up a red flag for everyone, but you know, he's got great size, really long out top, and I, I think you can teach someone to shoot if he's committed. And you know, there are times where it's gone real well for Michael Carter Williams. Uh, you know, the first half of the Big East Championship game against Louisville last year, there, there wasn't a better point guard in the world 
than Michael Carter Williams. But then the second half came, and it was an absolute disaster. And, you know, we, we saw that at times uh, in, in the NCAA tournament, especially in the game against Michigan. I mean, he had a horrible game against Michigan. So, uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of red flags there, but I think the, a, a big point guard who, you know, has a pass-first mentality, uh, you know, was uh, was the leader in the NCAA in assists last year. Uh, I think that's the guy that, um, in your draft, that they would be looking for. Um, now again, because you're not tra- you're, you're not trading in your draft right now, but I, I do think keep an eye uh, if the Mavericks decide that they're going to uh, if they're going to either uh, stash the pick or try to trade the pick that uh, a guy like Sergey Karasev uh, or Dennis Schroeder, uh, the Russian and the German, may very well be in play too. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you think there's there's a chance that the Mavs would trade down in the draft? Because a lot of people feel that once you get past the first couple of guys, if you're picking from 5 to 20, you're going to get the same talent level of uh, type of player. I, mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, they did it last year and and netted Jared, Jared Cunningham, you know, a combo guard from Oregon State who uh, you know barely played, played eight minutes. Uh, and was hurt for much of the year. Really, actually, didn't play very well when he was when he was in the D League at Frisco. So, but they love his athleticism. So they still think there's something there. Uh, you know, it, I, I think it's certainly within the realm. There's a lot has to do. There's a lot of rumors surrounding Sean Marion and, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, but Sean Marion has uh, an early termination option in his contract that he has to exercise uh, by Saturday. Uh, that could tell the story. After the fact, I mean, yeah, the, the Mavericks could be drafting for the Cavaliers and vice versa, and then you know you get to uh, you get to July first, and if Marion's contract is still out there, well, you know, maybe he, maybe he does go along in a deal like that, um, you know. But it's it's so hard to tell right now. The Mavericks are not one that uh, generally lets people see their cards beforehand. There, there are organizations who will do that. But uh, if you know the Mavericks history at all, the trades that have been made uh, are ones that generally have come out of left field. The Jason Kidd trade was pretty much an exception to the rule because Kidd had made it so evident that you know he wanted to be traded and that Dirk had lobbied so hard for Kidd to be acquired by the Mavericks. But if you look at the history of, uh, of the Mavericks in the Mark Cuban era, when it comes to, to blockbuster deals, and there have been several of them, uh, they have definitely come out of left field. So... Uh, I, for the moment, anyway, I don't read too much into the whole Marion Cavaliers uh, trade down type of thing uh, because I just think there are too many balls that are up in the air for them to, to try to juggle and uh, try to put their team together. Chuck Cooperstein, the voice of the Mavericks. So if uh, the draft unfolds the way it is and there's, there's no trade, Michael Carter-Williams would be your pick? Michael Carter-Williams would be the guy. Would be the guy. Hey, and a final question for you, Chuck, before we let you go. Uh of all the uh, unrestricted free agents that are on the the Mavs roster, uh, which ones do you think they're targeting to bring back? Uh, that are on their roster, mm-hmm. uh, I I think I don't know that they're necessarily targeting anybody. I mean, I think it all depends on the money. Uh, you know, if, if OJ Mayo gets a lot of money, uh, say from Phoenix, you know, who tried very hard to get him last year, uh, I think the Mavericks will let him go. Uh, if if the if Darren Collison is offered more money uh, than you know the qualifying offer that the Mavericks would have to make to keep him, I think the Mavericks would be more than happy to let him go. The Mavericks look at him as a backup; they don't look at him as a starter. Uh, you know, I, so much of it just comes down to money. 
And again, the Mavericks trying, I think, to keep themselves uh, with as much flexibility as possible, knowing that next summer is the monster summer. Next summer, you know, you're going to have a draft in all likelihood that'll be, you know, the seminal draft of the decade, much like the 2003 draft was uh, for the last decade. And you're going to have, you know, who knows what the free agency uh, landscape is going to look like, but there are a lot of big, big names that are going to be out there next year, and you, the Mavericks want to be able to keep as much flexibility as possible. And that's why Mark has talked about, uh, Mark Cuban has talked about you know, this being really a two-year plan, knowing that if you've got one of those huge free agents that next year, with, with Dirk coming off the books, he's making $22 million this year, he's going to make a lot less than that next year when he signs a new deal in his final contract, that there's all kinds of flexibility to get a, another huge name in here because the, the feeling of the Maverick organization is, you know, as long as Dirk is here, just try to do it with vets and not really do it organically through the draft. And that, that's really been their philosophy for the last decade or so, and it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. Chuck, if people want to follow you and find out more about the NBA and the Dallas Mavericks, how would they do it on Twitter? I am at Coop Mavs. At Coop Mavs. Yes, C-O-P-M-A-V-S. And you need to follow him, as I do, to keep updated on what's happening in the NBA and other things in sports. Chuck, always a pleasure to uh, share some basketball talk with you. Great stuff, Tim Roy. Thanks very much. So there you go. Michael Carter-Williams, the fine guard from Syracuse, going to the Dallas Mavericks at number 13, uh, 6'6" is the height measurement for Michael Carter-Williams, who had a very nice year for the Syracuse Orange, and certainly a a guy that knows how to pass the ball, averaging over seven assists uh, per contest in 35 minutes of play, uh, averaging just shy of 12 points a game, while shooting 69% from the free throw line, 29% outside the the three-point line, and 39% overall. So as Chuck Cooperstein mentioned, he's a player that's going to have to work on his shooting uh, to stick in the NBA. We're through 13 picks of our mock draft. We're going through the 2013 NBA lottery, and pick number 14 is next, our final pick in this year's mock draft, and that's the Utah Jazz. Stay tuned for that here at Warriors.com.